We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, so a little later than typical on a Monday, but welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast. My name is Chris Blank, and we are joined, as we always are, on a Monday by Toby Rowland, the voice of the Sooners, and author. I hate it that I didn't bring this up last week, Toby, but congratulations on the children's book. It's funny, we threw it out for questions, and every question was about, hey, why'd you write the book? What led to it? So congratulations, man. How's it feel? Uh, it's... It's fun. You know, this is, um, you know, but not a lot of people did. This is something that has been in the works for, gosh, about a year and a half now. And so for it to kind of be out there in public is is fun. Uh, it's not like uh, I've written War and Peace or anything, uh, <laughs> but it, it is it's fun. And I get the process has been fascinating. So uh, from, you know, the actual a poem that is the book through the illustrations, through licensing and uh, publishing, and and now the process of trying to actually get people to uh, buy it. It's it's something I've never been through before, and I've thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it. And I can't wait for it to actually come out so that I can, uh, <laughs> you know, hopefully go to some elementary schools if we have schools open and libraries and, and book signings and uh, actually get the book out there for some kids to enjoy. Oh, that's awesome, Hopefully. man. I, I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy for you. And, you Thank know, you. you're going to tell the story a lot, and I don't think you'll ever get tired of telling the story, but take us through the idea, the genesis of it. What led you to believe that this was something that you wanted to do? 
Well, I, I guess it starts from the fact that I really enjoy writing. Um, it's always been a, um, a hobby of mine and a passion of mine. And um, I was the sports editor of uh, our school paper in, in college. And then I had an outlet for many, many years at, uh, at Channel 9 where I could do features and and I got to express my writing there. And, and certainly uh, the scene setters have allowed for that here and some other outlets at OU the last decade or so. So I love to write. And uh, I've got three kids and 14 nieces and nephews. And there's been a whole lot of, like, like you, there's been a whole lot of reading kids' books uh, in my life the last 20 years, really, now. My, son, my oldest son's 22 now, so... The last 22 years, there's been a whole lot of kids' books around our house for our kids and for our nieces and nephews and stuff. And so, I don't know. I've always been a fan of Dr. Seuss and the kids' books and and uh, always had it in the back of my brain that, hey, that might be cool someday. But our buddy Tony Caridi at West Virginia, the play-by-play voice of the Mountaineers, actually wrote a kids' book about three, four years ago. And I got to asking him about the process and that really helped connect some dots that led to actually making it happen. And, uh, and then it, it, the final step was the, the people at OU, Joe Castiglione and Kenny Bossman and the people in licensing uh, got behind the idea. And it's not possible if we can't have, uh, you know, Boomer and Sooner involved and OU and everything. And so um, that all came together and, we found a publisher and here we go. So it's, um, it's, uh, I, I don't know if I would say a dream come true, but it's certainly something that has been a long time coming and it's fun to see it happen. And, and we'll see, maybe, it, maybe it'll be the start of a series. You know, it's uh, it's interesting to me because I have your Twitter feed pulled up and if you don't follow Toby on Twitter, do so at T row OU, but it says voice of the Sooners, host of T-Row in the morning show on the Sports Talk Network, and ambassador. We have to add author to that now, Toby. We have to add <laughs> That's right. author to that in the bio as well. But you know, you know, I won't lie to you, man. I, I thought this was such a cool idea when, whenever you first brought it up and you had first started talking about it. But, I, I mean, I have been floored by the reaction and following your Twitter feed yeah. and hearing what people have to say. I mean, it, I knew that it was going to go well, but – I mean, man, to see it jump up to number one in pre-sales, this is – and by, I haven't even mentioned the book, Unhitch the Wagon. It's the story – well, uh, tell the story, Toby. I mean, I don't want to give away the whole thing, but it's a, it's a very creative tale where people can really get involved in kind of teaching their kids about Boomer and Sooner and, and Sooner Magic. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the story of uh, two ponies <laughs> that grew up on the Oklahoma prairie, and their names were uh, Bud and Benny. And they had a dream of someday becoming, you know, they, they had been told as they were young ponies, uh, this legend of these two great ponies who were selected to pull the Sooner Scooter. And so they worked to try to earn the right to become Boomer and Sooner. And um, that's the story. And I think it's fun. It's a, it's a rhyming verse that, that – um, carries you through the Big 12 Conference a little bit on their way to uh, hopefully earning the right for the man in the fedora in the palace <laughs> to anoint them as Boomer and Sooner. And so, uh, again, I uh, it's 
I, I don't know that um, uh, author is something that I'm worthy of because I think that's probably set aside for people who have written novels and, uh, uh, you know, something longer than this is going to take you about eight minutes, I think, to rip through it. Uh, but it's a fun little uh, trip to uh, the palace for young Bud and Vinny. And um, I think uh, I think either kid people will want it for or enjoy it as a Christmas gift for youngsters in their life, kids, grandkids, nieces, nephews, whatever the case may be. Or if you're older, then you need it for your sooner collection, just to put it in your library or in your trophy case. But back to your point, uh, OU fans are amazing. Uh, within about 12 hours of us announcing it, uh, it was number one bestseller on Amazon among children's football books, nice. which I didn't even know was a category, but <laughs> apparently it is, and we'll take it. So uh, the Sooner fans have lined up for pre-sale, and um, it'll be actually on shelves August 20th, wherever books are sold near you. Exciting. Love it. Toby Rowland, voice of the Sooners. All right, listen, Dr. Dale Bratzler is going to come on with us here in just a bit. Uh, I, I'm actually I'm kind of happy we waited to tape till later because I don't think either one of us were overly optimistic this morning based on the news out of Miami and then the subsequent cancellation of the Phillies game against the Yankees. But as this day has progressed, as you tagged a second radio show onto your first, Toby, as we follow this scenario with the Miami Marlins, has your opinion changed, and how much of an impact will this have, you think, on the college football decision makers, if any? Well, I, I, uh, I think it's a big moment, you know, um, and it could be a big positive or it could be a big negative. I think this was inevitable that when baseball started, you know, we said all along, People are going to get it, and it's how they deal with it and move through it that will determine whether college football is possible. And so here we go. I am um, a little unsettled that it happened so quickly and such a big number on this opening weekend. But this is going to tell us whether or not, you know, you can move through it, move past it. Seeing these people, uh, the, the, the family members in their lives are going to have to be okay. The, the umpires, the people that worked at the stadium are going to have to be tested and, and, and be okay and move through and games still be played and those people return. And all that process is going to have to happen so that college football can see that and go, okay, we see that it can be done. And, and here's what the process looks like in real life, not just on paper. Um, that's the optimistic side of the coin. You know, the other side of that is um, somebody gets really sick or somebody's family member gets sick or an umpire gets really sick or um, more than one or two teams. There's an, a wide reaching outbreak that has to baseball has to stop playing for a while or maybe forever. And I think that might very well be a death nail for the at least college football in the fall, if that were to happen. So, um, this is the biggest moment so far, in my opinion, uh, for something that's happened in the world of sports 
um, to see whether or not we're going to be okay. I mean, you know, to be able to get back on the field again this fall. So you know, I guess, it, I guess the positive side of that is if it had to happen, here we go. Right. Uh, we're about to find out. Yeah. You know, that was kind of my spin on it today. And if you missed Toby's interview with Joe C, we put that on Friday's pod. So you can find it in our archives right now, uh, right here at Soonersports.com slash podcast. I think there's what there's the classic game and boom, there's that podcast. So you can listen to it, but you know, in, in it, in everything from Josie, when you talk to him, Toby, there's a word that comes to mind, and it's consistent. Hey, th- this is what we're doing. These are our protocols. These are the people that we're listening to and we're relying on. And there's always that caveat, you know, if we can play, you know, if it's, if it's healthy, if it's safe to play. And I really think the response is what's so interesting to me in following this over what I think is going to be the next 24 to 48 hours from baseball. And as you said, it happens now, so we can all learn a little bit from this, right? Well, I mean, yeah, we have to. Right. You know, we have to. In, in in some ways, we've come so far. You know, you think back to Rudy Gobert and the night that happened. One guy test positive and everything stopped. Right. The NBA season stopped. The NCAA tournament was canceled. Spring football stopped. Everything stopped. Well, here we are now in late July and – 13 guys on one team have tested positive. And as of now, we're still going to try to go forward, which is a long way from what happened with Rudy Gobert. Um, on the other side, I feel like we don't know anything more about this virus than we did back on that night. Like, we still don't know how it works or right. how you cure it or, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that's frustrating. But I guess we are making some positive movement movement toward vaccine things like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, we, nobody was under the impression that the NBA or major league baseball was going to be able to pitch a shutout. I mean, somebody was going to get this and probably multiple somebodies. And it's, that is not, you know, what college football is necessarily watching. What they're watching is what happens now. So, how do you get them better, keep everybody safe around them, remove them from the sport and interject them back into the sport and the train keeps moving down the tracks. So, yeah, we're about to find out. All right. Uh, a couple uh, quick ones before I let you get out of here. First of all, as has been reported and talked about quite a bit, as soon as you talked to Josie on Friday, we got the new Saturday that the opener is pushed up to August 29th if we're able to play against Missouri State. I like it, Toby. I like the idea of getting a game in, having a bye week to see how your testing looks. Obviously, this this allows the Sooners to kick off training camp a little bit sooner. I, I dig it. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped because, obviously, it gives us a chance to kind of talk a little bit about football and less about COVID-19. Yeah, that's uh, 33 days away from when we're taping this. That's right. 33 days. <laughs> I mean – that countdown just took a giant leap forward with that announcement. So uh, I, I like it too. I, I know that Lincoln wanted it and Joe wanted it. So um, it, it, I think it's nothing but positives for everything that they've laid out. More, It totally makes sense yep. that the more padding time you have in the middle of your season, the more room that you have to get healthier and better if you need it so the more space they can create in there um 
which is, you know, the very reason why some conferences have already gone to conference-only games. But uh, OU's created a little space here. They, like you said, they get to start practice a little earlier. And um, that also means that if we can pull this thing off, football is right around the corner. I mean, right around, uncomfortably close, Chris, the more I say it. We we got to get our act together because we're going to be calling games really soon. Yeah, that gets me excited. And then finally, I'll wrap it on this. You know, we we're going to go straight and you know, barring anything uh, crazy with with COVID nineteen and hoping that the numbers stay where they are for the football team and the testing and the, and the rest of the sports on campus. You and I are going to have an opportunity over the next few weeks to really dive into some position battles. And, you know, just as a general view of this team, I'm excited about what's coming back defensively. There's a huge hole to fill at Mike Linebacker. But, Toby, we know what everyone's going to be asking about, talking about, and watching, and that's the quarterback battle. Lincoln Riley has said it many times, what's made this quarterback room so special has been competition. So i got to be honest, man, I'm, I'm pretty pumped to get to camp because I think there's a lot of great questions around this team. There are uh... – this time of year is always fascinating because of the position battles and it, it is ramped up infinitely when one of those positions is quarterback. Yep. And uh, I'm, I'm with you. There are some key positions. I, I do think across the board, they are deeper going into this year than been in a long, long time, which this year may pay the most dividends it ever has. If they actually play in the fall, depth is going to be a huge issue for teams across the country when somebody, you know, has an unfortunate incident or gets sick or injured or whatever. But uh, all eyes will be on the quarterback spot, and um, I'm with you. I can't wait. I I think that uh, Spencer Rattler's the favorite, but uh, Tanner Mordecai doesn't care about that. And the kids got a lot of pressure. So we're going to, and I think Lincoln likes that. I think he wants him to feel the pressure so that he knows whether he can rely on him or not. You know, all these Heisman polls, all these people who just assume he's going to be the guy. Well, go show me young buck, you know, go show (laughs) me that you deserve to be the guy. And I, I don't, I think he wants it to be stressful and tough and show that he's, uh, not just glitz and glamour and five-star, but he's got the guttural fortitude that it takes to be the leader of this football team. And um, and I think we all believe he's got the talent. But um, what is between the ears and what's in the stomach? And so that's what he's going to try to find out over the next 33 days. Safe travels, Toby. Appreciate you finding time for us. And, uh, man, can't wait to hear your conversation with Joe C. later this week. And I guess we need to get some work to work on some spotter boards and some pregame <laughs> breakdowns, don't we? That's exactly right. Thanks, Chris. Stay healthy out there, everybody. So that's Toby Rowland, author. Check it out on his Twitter feed where you can find a link to download the new children's book, Unhitch the Wagon. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented in part by AT&T, America's best network. Metroplex Electric, we can be your electrician. Hey, don't forget, 2020 football season ticket renewals are still live. Log into your account at Soonersports.com to view all of your renewal information, or you can call the ticket office at 405-325-2424 to discuss options. And Wingstop, it's time to add some boneless wings to your Wingstop delivery order. 
available in any of their 10 mouth-watering flavors. So go ahead and crush those spicy, saucy, sweet, and sassy cravings. Go to Wingstop.com now and get delivery to your door. Wingstop, where flavor gets its wings. So uh, every Friday on my local radio show, and we've brought it to the podcast uh, a couple of times here, I talked to Dr. Dale Bratzler from OU Medicine, and I thought this week was a very interesting conversation because we dove into a very important question, and that is truly understanding the term contact tracing and what it means. Yeah, it's a great question. So contact tracing is when, so let's say a person tests positive for COVID-19. We then want to identify the, the people that have been around that individual that have been close to them that could have possibly contracted the disease uh, because they then could spread this disease to other people. We know on average that um, when a person gets infected with COVID-19, they will typically infect two to three other people if they've certainly been around them. So so the concept of contact tracing is you you take that person who's positive, what we'll call the index case, and we'll, we'll contact all of the people that have had any direct exposure. Right now, we, we define that as uh, within six feet for 15 minutes or so, particularly if they're not wearing masks, and we will uh, recommend that they get tested. If they test positive, uh, of course, we'll put them in isolation, but we'll directly contact any of their direct contacts. It's the concept of trying to contain the infection so it doesn't spread very far. And you put these direct contacts in isolation until we get the results of testing back so that we know that they can return back to normal activities. Has, has that been a challenge? Because, I don't know, I, I think there's a certain stigma for some people that Doc, they either don't want to uh, think that they have it or they don't want to get tested. I mean, is it kind of tough, especially with how this can spread asymptomatically, to truly gauge the contact tracing and, and identify it? Yeah, I haven't been directly involved in doing contact tracing, but, but gotcha. when I talk to my colleagues at the state health department, they say there has been reluctance for some people to participate in the process uh, when they receive that call. Remember that public health law gives the state or county health department the authority to contact those direct contacts um, um, in, in the purpose, again, of, of stopping the spread of the disease. So there should be no stigma with this. This is trying to protect the people that have been around the person who tested positive. Um, and it's the way it's the way that many countries have really brought this disease under control because rather than just broadly mitigating everything, closing bars, closing restaurants, you know, having everybody wear a mask, what you do is you identify the people that are infected, you isolate them, you isolate anybody that they've been around that may have gotten the disease, test them, and you stop the spread of the disease by, by, by that isolation. You close in that, that circle. How are we doing, Doc? Are we, uh, I don't know if flattening the curve is even still a term we can talk about in Oklahoma, but you always give us the numbers. What was this week like? Are we faring any better? So you probably heard that last, particularly last weekend, there was a problem with the data. So we had two days where the state health department reported 200 or less cases 
which made no sense because on average, when I spoke to you last week, we were seeing about 750 new cases per day in Oklahoma. And in fact, that's about where we're at now. So, so I think if there's one bit of good news, it looks like maybe we're reaching a plateau right now. I, I don't want to speak prematurely, but we've stayed in that 750 on average per day uh, number since about last week. Um, there was one day this week that the state health department confirmed 1,700 cases, but that was catch-up for those two days where there was data that didn't get posted. Um, the other thing is, um, my, my public health message today is that in the United States, public health has had their funding cut by about 30% since 2002, and let's face it, we were just weren't ready with infrastructure for this type of a pandemic, and our health department is not exempt from that. They don't have the data structure. Many laboratories still fax, fax lab results to the state health department, and then somebody has to take those fax pieces of paper and manually enter the data into the system. So we have an antiquated data system, and that's what happened this past week. All right. we uh, Gosh, I have so many questions, and I know you're busy, so I'll try to go rapid fire here. Um, first of all, the plan for testing at home for these uh, students, let's just focus on the students coming back, uh, Doc. Is this a new form of testing? How reliable is it? How confident are you in it? Yeah, so we are. We made the decision that anybody that's moving into university housing uh, has to be tested before they come to campus. And I don't know if you saw OSU made the announcement. They changed their plans yesterday to emulate that. They're going to test their students moving into university housing before they come to campus. We're, we're using a company uh, named Vault, V-A-U-L-T, and they have a saliva-based test. It is the first saliva-based test in the nation that was approved from Rutgers University. It has high reliability. We chose the company because they have the infrastructure to do a bunch of tests in a hurry. So what will happen is any student who's coming into campus will um, get an email with a unique link. They'll click the link. It takes them to the company. They fill out a short questionnaire, put their address in, and within 24 hours or so, they'll receive a test kit in the mail. It's saliva-based, so there's no nasopharyngeal swabs or any swab thing that you have to do. You'll just essentially spit. But, but to make sure they do it correctly, you have to click on a link that will take you to a Zoom conference with one of the company's technicians that will basically walk you through the process of collecting the spit. You'll seal it, put it in a double-sealed container, ship it back, and within 72 hours, you'll get the results. Uh, again, their test is very good. It's validated. It's FDA-approved, and we felt very comfortable uh, that they had the capacity. They, this company does somewhere around 60,000 tests per day. We're wow. going to be testing we're, we're going to be testing somewhere between five and 6,000 students who are moving into university housing. Two weeks in a row, no positive tests for OU football. That's got to be a pretty positive sign on at least the plan that everyone has put together uh, for football, isn't it? Yeah, super happy. I was I talked to uh, uh, Joe Castiglione and, and Larry Anthony yesterday and, re and really, again, complimented them on the plan they put into place. But they readily admit, you know, the, the football players are motivated. 
they want to play. They're they're doing the those things that they need to do. They're taking the personal responsibility to keep from doing things that might put them in in danger of getting infected. So kudos to them. They're doing a good job on that. Um, we hope we hope that we can emulate that with all the students that come back to campus. And then finally, there is there's some I guess you could say movement on a vaccine. I saw the Pfizer story. Mm-hmm. Is this? I think in so much of this, Doc, there is there is political positioning, and I hate that it's become that at times. But is this positive news on a potential vaccination front? Yeah, absolutely. So two companies at least now have vaccines that are in phase three trials. In other words, they're they're being tested in large numbers of people now to make sure that the vaccine that they've developed both uh, causes you to develop immunity, but also it's safe um, and. Uh, the one thing that I've really been supportive of that the uh, federal government did was they put a lot of money into place to help these companies go ahead and build the manufacturing plants. So take Pfizer as an example. They're already building the capacity to go ahead and produce millions of doses of vaccine, even though their vaccine hasn't been completely tested yet and hasn't gotten FDA approval yet. But if it does, they'll be ready to do immediate production of a whole bunch of doses of the vaccine. And that's what we need. We need to get a bunch of doses of the vaccine out there. Yeah, and I want to I want to throw one more thing for kind of the anti-maskers. And I don't know, uh, I don't know if we're ever going to change anyone's mind, Doc. I, I sit here and I talk to the man who's in charge of COVID-19, and I guarantee you people will question it. And some will go back to this. Well, early on, they told us we didn't need a mask. Well, again, Doc, through this whole process, there's things that we've we've learned. We've learned that maybe it doesn't spread as much by touch. I mean, this is this has been a process, a learning process, and I don't know how how some people stick to. Well, you said this early and don't understand that. Hey, this is a process where we're still learning things even today. Yeah, absolutely. I posted on my Facebook, my weekly Facebook post last week that we've learned a lot since April. So you're absolutely right. A lot of leadership, CDC and others, were saying don't wear a mask. Um, in in April. And there were two reasons for that. One, we didn't have a complete and full understanding of the spread of this virus from one person to another. But then secondly, there was a national shortage of masks. And we were just trying to hang on to them so that doctors, nurses, technicians, and others that work in hospitals and emergency rooms had the necessary stuff to protect them because, as you know, we were seeing a real surge in cases back then. Um, Now the PPE supply nationally is much better. Um, Now we know that simple cloth masks uh, are very, very effective at stopping the droplets coming from your mouth that often carry the virus. And we know now that this virus principally spreads from one person to another when you breathe in the droplets that came out of somebody else's mouth. So wearing a mask may give you some protection because it may stop some of those droplets that are coming into your mouth. But most importantly, if you're wearing a mask, it keeps the droplets from your mouth from getting into the air around you, which protects people around you. So the plan is uh, solid. You know, Oklahoma will release its testing numbers. I believe that drops on Thursday. Seems like it's every Thursday when we get those numbers. And, you know, so far the plan has been uh, laid out to almost perfection. You never want to tear down the goalpost early. You never want to cut down the nets at halftime. And we're still very early in this process. But so far so good. And under the leadership of Doc Nafee, uh, Scott Anderson, the uh, athletic trainer, the entire medical team around OU Athletics, and, of course, Dr. Dell Bratzler, so far so good. 
for Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast has been presented in part today by OU Extended Campus. Degrees online, on-site, on your schedule become the tradition. OG&E is power at the speed of life. Norman Regional offers virtual care so you can consult with a doc on your smartphone. Learn more at normanvirtualcare.com or download the app today. And Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Oklahoma. For updates, please check out bcbsok.com. That's bcbsok.com. In regards to medical treatment, members should call the number on their ID card for answers to their specific benefit questions. Our members' well-being remains our top priority as we continue to monitor developing news about COVID-19. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC website, is the best source for all the most up-to-date COVID-19 information. Well, before we get out of here, uh, thanks for the questions. And it was interesting because I thought we might dive into some more football. And you guys wanted to know about Toby, the author, anything you want us to get into, anything you want us to talk about and debate as it relates to Sooner Athletics, man, hit us up on Twitter, at OU on the air. Uh, you can slide into our DMs. I'm at Plank Show. Toby is at T-Row-O-U on Twitter. That's the best way to stay in touch with the Sooner Sports Podcast, which this week takes a little bit of a different approach to our classic games. What's on Tap is presented by Phillips 66. Live to the full and oh, do we have a big week? Because now as we count down to the start of the college football season, taking a little bit of a different approach, dare I say to the classic sports broadcast. You'll still get a classic football game every single Saturday. So Saturdays will still be classic college football games. But we do want to celebrate the best of the 2019-2020 athletic season. So this week, our classic broadcast will take you back to Baker Mayfield's final OU Texas game. That's 2017 as the Sooners knock off the Longhorns in a classic from 2017. And then the 2020 OU baseball San Diego State game will kick off the week. Here's just to kind of give you an idea. We already had that, the OU LSU baseball game. So of of the more memorable moments, the no-hitter by Dane Acker takes center stage. But my man, uh, what, a, what a game, what a call in the Oklahoma-San Diego State baseball series. It went down to the final outs. Great comeback. Don't miss it. Taylor Maples on the broadcast. That will be on Thursday night. The other classics from the year that was, let's see, I got I got the softball game at Arizona coming up next week. We've got the women's basketball comeback against Kansas. And what am I missing out? Oh, uh, the incredible comeback by Oklahoma basketball against TCU. So a lot of big comebacks, including the baseball games. We've got baseball, we got basketball, we've got women's basketball and men's hoops to count down to what will be August 29th and the start of the college football season. So this week, the classic best of 2019-2020 is the baseball game against San Diego State, the comeback win on a Sunday. And then this weekend, it's OU and Texas from 2017. All right, so have a great week. Stay safe, everybody. And until Wednesday's podcast, Meg McDonald sitting down with Stacy Dales. How great is that? That'll be Wednesday right here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Boomer Sooner, everybody.